Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. It is the seventh Sunday after Pentecost, and you will hear Father Joe Hudson speak on Luke 11. As you listen, see if you can answer these questions. The questions. One, as a child, how did you learn to pray? Two, Prayer is the opening of the direct relationship between God and humanity. Is this a good definition for you? And three, what is the key to making prayer happen in your life? Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, would give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Still be my vision, O ruler of all, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Who was it that taught you to pray? Was it your mother or father when you were very young? Was it a Sunday school teacher? What were those first prayers that you spoke? Maybe they were, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I hear the chuckles and you're going, boy, I remember that one. 
Or maybe early on you learned to memorize the Lord's Prayer. Or maybe early you learned to pray, God bless Mommy and Daddy and Susie and Grandpa and Grandma. Well, if you grew up in the Roman Catholic or the Episcopal Church, you may have learned other prayers. Sunday collects, prayers before communion, or prayers for various other occasions. If you were raised in the Baptist or Nazarene or Assembly of God Church, you learned to speak your own prayers directly to God from your heart without the aid of any written prayers. Now, if you're Episcopalians and you're asked to do one of those, you almost go into seizure sometimes. (laughs) Well, for Jesus' disciples, when they asked him how to pray, they had already observed how John the baptizer had instructed his disciples to pray, and they wanted Jesus to do the same thing for them. You see, growing up in the Jewish faith, they had already learned some things about prayer. Now they wanted to receive further instruction on this subject from their master. Well, in your initial instructions on prayer, when you learned to ask God to watch over Mommy and Daddy and Susie, you were learning prayers of petition. But just like Jesus' disciples, there was still more for you to learn. You may have learned other kinds of prayers, like the importance of thanking God for the many blessings in your life. Or you may have learned prayers of adoration to God. There is always more we can learn in the school of prayer. The Episcopal Dictionary of the Church defines prayer very simply in this way, quote, the opening of the direct relationship between God and humanity, end quote. Prayer, you see, is the opening of a direct relationship. What do you think of that definition? I kind of like it. It's simple and straightforward and focuses on our relationship with God. It broadens our understanding of prayer and removes any limitations that we may have placed on it. Let me quote that definition one more time. Prayer is the opening of the direct relationship between God and humanity. Now, in one sense, there is no need to open a direct relationship since God has already opened a relationship with us. Since God has always been present in every atom and subatomic particle in this vast universe of ours, including the inner depths of your being and mine, the relationship from God's viewpoint is already established. God does not need to wait to show up in your life until you invite him in. God is already there. But for a reciprocal relationship to exist between us and God, We need to consciously engage with this divine presence that is already within us. Prayer is our way of opening that channel with God. When we recognize that there is a divine, loving presence intimately close to you and me, we can choose to open ourselves to that presence. Unfortunately, in many of our Western societies, we have lost this intimate awareness of the divine presence that is very near to us. 
somehow through our inheritance of all the rational constructs we inherited from the Greek philosophers, and having become advanced, enlightened, and quite cultured, we have lost some sight of this presence of God. The divine awareness is, in general, more obvious in more natu- and more naturally in the conscious awareness of some of the peoples in Eastern cultures and some of the indigenous peoples of our world. Now, I'm not going to get us all muddled in what that belief system and theology is compared to ours. I understand, obviously, the difference in the concept of God or gods in many peoples and how God is understood within Christianity. However, within many of the indigenous peoples of our world, there is a really simple, sometimes very profound conscious awareness of that which is beyond us that which is transcendent and eternal. This expansive awareness of the divine, of prayer, is more a natural part of life for many indigenous peoples. Their life is less complicated, less filled with noise and thoughts and ideas and technology and information like ours. Although all these things are good for us in moderation, There is a problem when technology and noise and information begin to drown out the conscious knowing of the divine that is often understood by many peoples who are naturally more connected to the earth and the natural rhythms of our world and our universe. So when we Westerners take time to pause during the normal course of our day to pray, maybe before a delicious plate of food we are getting ready to consume, or to pray for someone we love or for some concern in our community or nation or world. We are opening ourselves to that relationship with God. But there are many more ways to pray than through petition, adoration, and thanksgiving and confession. Sitting still in silence, apart from any words or thoughts, in contemplation or meditation is prayer. But there are a multitude of ways that we can engage in this direct relationship with God. The Episcopal Dictionary helps us further in their definition of prayer. It states this, quote, the experience, prayer is, quote, the experience of corporate or individual nearness to God through words, acts, or silence. Any act or activity offered to God in a spirit of dedication may be prayerful. This nearness may take the form of addressing God as in prayers of petition, praise, and thanksgiving, or the form of listening as in contemplative and meditative prayer, end quote. So you see, based on this definition, prayer is our opening to a relationship with God through any act or activity that is offered to God in a spirit of dedication. The key here is the attitude of our mind and of our heart. We need to be in a spirit of dedication, a recognition that what we are doing in that moment is a connection with God. Therefore, if our words or actions or activities are not done in a spirit of dedication, a conscious awareness of God, then they are not technically prayer. So what does that mean for you and for me? 
It means that any word or act or activity, even religious words or acts or activities that are not done in a spirit of dedication may not be prayer. This means that reciting the Eucharistic prayer at communion may not be prayer for some people. For them, it may not be an opening to a relationship with God. They may be thinking of the pot roast that is about done. This means that reciting the prayer of confession, if not done in a spirit of dedication, is not prayer. As scripture says, it can become nothing more than a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. It is close to meaningless. However, any and every act or activity or word done in a spirit of dedication to God is prayer, is an opening to a relationship with God. This means that when my wife Desiree clips our dog Emma's nails, which she had to do the other day because they were embarrassingly long, if that act was, was done in a spirit of dedication to God, that was prayer. Singer-songwriter Carrie Newcomer helps us understand this expansive meaning of prayer in her song entitled, A Shovel is a Prayer. Here are the lyrics. A shovel is a prayer to the farmer's foot when he steps down and the soft earth gives way. A baby is a prayer when it's finally asleep, a whispered amen at the end of a day. And a friend is a prayer when they bring over soup, when they laugh at your jokes and they don't ask for proof. It's a song that you sing when you are alone, when you're weary and, or lonely or that far from home. What else can be prayer? Well, contemplating the amazing images of our vast universe sent to us from the James Webb Telescope can be prayer. Going on a hike in Sleeping Turtle Preserve can be prayer. Holding a great-grandchild or grandchild can be a prayer. Taking the trash to the curb can be prayer. The Benedictine monk, Brother Lawrence, who worked in the refectory washing dishes, wrote in his book entitled Practicing the Presence of God, quote, There is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continual conversation with God. Those only can comprehend it who practice and experience it, end quote. He says further, quote, I cannot imagine how religious persons can live satisfied without the practice of the presence of God. For my part, I keep myself retired with him in the depth of center of my soul as much as I can. And while I am so with him, I fear nothing, end quote. You see, Brother Lawrence in his book talks about carrying this attitude of relationship and prayer into every sacramental as well as earthly and mundane act and activity of life. Father Richard Rohr wrote this, quote, 
prayer is not primarily saying words or thinking thoughts. It is rather a life stance. It's a way of living in the presence, living in awareness of the presence, and even of enjoying the presence, end quote. May the practice of the presence of God, a spirit of dedication to God, become more and more a natural part of our rhythm of life in every act and activity we engage in, in every word we hear and speak. May our lives, in fact, become prayer. questions. One, as a child, how did you learn to pray? Two, prayer is the opening of the direct relationship between God and humanity. Is this a good definition for you? And three, what is the key to making prayer happen in your life? (laughs) 